0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley in for Brother Bert Harper today who is going to exp- uh, He's going to explore his granddaughter's play tonight. I'm not sure what the title of the play is, or we would call it Exploring That. With me today is my good <laughs> friend, Dr. Alex McFarland. Alex, I see you made it home.
2: We did. Oh, and what a great week it was last week at National Religious Broadcasters, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. That was a special week, wasn't it, Jim?
1: It was, and I can tell you there has never been as much prayer for me or about me as we experienced Friday evening on the drive home.
2: Okay, well, uh, f- fill me in, and then I've got, a, <laughs> I've got an exciting story for you, brother. No, but, hey, we, but,
1: we, <laughs> we ran into the snowstorm as we were driving home, and there oh were a goodness. couple of parts of it that, uh, well, if if we could have collected the snowflakes that were gathering on the truck and the trailer and turned that into gold, we all could have retired.
2: Oh, my goodness. But I trust uh, you and Colette and the team, everybody got back to Tupelo safely, I hope.
1: Yes, we did. Devin was riding with us, and he was praying fervently.
2: Well, and folks, you got to understand, Jim Stanley, and I've been to a lot of conventions with Jim. Jim brings a trailer, and there is a lot of gear, a lot of equipment, and Jim Stanley, you're a hardworking man, brother. I've watched you set up the gear, and, of course, Devin helps and everybody. But um, there's a lot, too, taking this show on the road, isn't there?
1: There is, but fortunately, we do have a lot of fantastic help, and I can't claim to do that. I'm pretty much a touch-free operation nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and so well, and looking towards next, uh, next NRB, and it's going to be in Orlando the spring of next year. Okay. I'm already planning on taking a couple of extra folks.
2: Well, uh, and uh, my wife Angie, this was her first trip to NRB, and she got to be down at the booth a little bit. And uh, folks, I want to encourage you, go on AFR.net, uh, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net. We had some incredible conversations with great people like Barry McGuire mm-hmm. and Ken Ham of Answers in Genesis, Kirby Anderson of Probe Ministries, and... Of course, Bert and I were doing the show, and uh, you know, one of the great things about NRB, you just meet so many fascinating people serving the Lord, giving their lives to the broadcasting of the gospel, and um, I would encourage you folks, listen to last week's programming, because it was just a lot of good content, in my opinion.
1: It sure was, and I know Tuesday of last week, when we had uh, Alan Jackson, not the country singer, Mm -hmm. on, that you were... You had not left home yet. You were flying in, but you and Bert handled that program. And I want to tell you, there was a time or two there that I thought Alan was just going to go ahead and cut loose and and give a sermon.
2: Well, that would have been okay. It it, would. So, um, hey, folks, this is Exploring the Word. We are going to be in Psalm 68 today, uh, Jim Stanley and I. And as he said, Bert is traveling. But we're going to talk about some Psalms. People have asked the question, uh, modern-day events going on in the world, do they relate to Bible prophecy? And we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, more so tomorrow probably. Psalm 68 today is is a Messianic psalm. But I had an interesting thing. Uh, Angie and I got in after midnight, uh, Friday night. The plane was delayed a little bit. So we got in, and it was raining and then snowing on Saturday. So Saturday and Sunday it was pretty cold, Jim. I got up and drove to a preaching engagement yesterday. It was nineteen degrees, which mm. for the Carolinas, that's pretty cold. But then this morning it was like spring, so I go out and uh I picked up this old rusty bucket and there was a, a dead snake under it, right? This morning. Right. Uh and and I kinda poked it with a stick and I thought, I'm gonna I'll throw this thing in the woods, it's obviously dead, but I didn't want to touch it. And You know, I'm a farm boy. I've been around stuff all my life, and I'm telling you, this snake was dead. It was hard as a rock, and I just uh, picked it up with a stick. Well, it It wasn't dead.
1: (laughs) I was waiting for that other shoe to drop. I had a feeling about that.
2: And uh, that thing, it was like, I don't know, plasticized, but I guess he was hibernating. That thing woke up and started to slink away, and I nearly had a heart attack. (laughs) And I thought, boy, am I glad I did not pick up that snake. Uh, the the bite and the, the venom was would have been unnecessary. I would have died of a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. Yes. But anyway, you know, we're in that little time. Winter's ebbing away. Spring is trying to come in. And uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's a, an exciting world. I'm glad you survived your snowstorm. I'm glad I wasn't bitten by a snake this morning, and I'm glad we can be here with everybody in the Word of God this afternoon.
1: Amen. That's a good place to start right there, brother.
2: There we go. Well, Jim, let me cue this up. We're going to read a little bit from Psalm 68. I'm going to start out with, with one verse, verse 20. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death, but God shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp of such a one as goes still on in his trespasses. Um, before we get into Psalm 68, and the bottom line, you know, God is the Savior, God is the Lord of all, but we're living in a time, uh, in the news, you may have seen, folks, some commentators are speculating, um, are, we in, are we in World War III and just don't know it yet? And it's interesting to me... Uh, Russia, and we're praying for the Ukraine, of course. Well, you know, Putin has said if nations that assist the Ukraine, that's going to be viewed as an act of war. Mm -hmm. Well, China has been threatening the West. Um, If we invade Taiwan, do not aid the Taiwanese. That would be an act of war. And I don't know, Jim. I, I, I certainly would not presume to understand all of the intricacies of Bible prophecy. But... For hundreds of years, people have believed that, you know, in the last days, Israel would return to their land, which they've done 74 years ago. Um, even the Reformers 500 years ago in some way believed Ezekiel 38 and 39, somehow near the end of time, China and Russia would fight um, Europe and the West and Israel now, are we there? I don't know. I, I'm not saying we are or are not. But I know one thing, Jim, I think um, as as people are, I mean, leaders are, are fretting over even the very thought of nuclear war. Uh, this is the time to have one's house in order and either by our own mortality or the return of Christ you know We're all going to leave this world, mm-hmm. and we know the Lord is coming back one of these days. Is it soon? I don't know, but I know the way we get ready is to call on Jesus and say, Dear Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. Lord, I, I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. And I, and I want to say, Jim, Psalm 68 and certainly the corpus of Scripture remind us that when we belong to Jesus... We are secure in his arms. Paul wrote this, whether life or death, uh, we are more than conquerors in Jesus. And i got to say, the world situation, uh, I I think it behooves all of us to to say our prayers, cleave to Christ, and make sure, come what may, we're ready to meet God.
1: Oh, amen. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, Russia uh, and President Putin... They, are, they continue to push into the Ukraine and continue to bomb the Ukraine. And now, I believe it was over the weekend, they bombed the western part of the Ukraine. And so that's a very real situation. You know, we have a lot of Ukrainians that live in the states. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to be in prayer for them. We need to be in prayer for their families. We also need to be in prayer for um, President Putin and the soldiers of Russia because a lot of those are just surrendering. And so, you know, they know that something's not quite right. And it's one of those things that when we pray, you know, we're called on to pray for our enemies, too. A lot of folks just want to pray for those on our side. But we're, we're called to pray for our enemies, too, that their hearts might be turned back to the Lord.
2: Amen. Amen. You know, over the weekend, I was reading... Um, someone several years ago had written a biography of Vladimir Putin. And apparently he's got a story from his teenage years that he's related several times where he um, was uh, doing something in an old building and there was a rat cornered. And this rat attacked him. And he had told the story several times that, you know, he admired the fact that that rat, even though it was cornered, was willing to, like, fight to the death. And several people that have... Because now people are scrambling to try to understand him and his mindset. Well, there's they're thinking, uh-oh. It, that story made such an impression on him when he was about 15 years old that, you know, maybe he's got the mindset of that, that he would die fighting rather than ever give up or change course. What well, We don't know, but I know this. The Bible says of leaders... That the king's heart is in the Lord's hands, and like the rivers of water, he can turn it whithersoever he will. And, uh, you know, I I realize that um, only the Holy Spirit of God can direct the mindset and the heart of another person, but we really need to pray. Uh, Psalm 68 says, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God, but let the righteous be glad. Let the righteous rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Um, We need to pray, folks, and your prayers matter. I know this sounds uh, something like the lost world would scoff at, but the prayers of God's people can change history. They really can. And that is why intercession and to intercede means to pray on behalf of a situation. And we, we can all, if you're a believer, you can be an intercessor right now mm-hmm. and pray for peace in the world. And, and Jim, I believe we must.
1: Oh, I agree. I, I think that we absolutely have to pray. You know, at NRB last week, uh, you talked about being with Barry McGuire for part of the time on the program. We had a uh, a meeting with him and, and some of the other stations uh, that were there. And he has the Ignite uh, program. In mm-hmm. fact, there's an app that he has for it now. It's at no cost. It it doesn't try to take any money or anything. It's just information on how you can help pray for revival in America. When he first started, it was called Revive, uh, Revival Outside the Walls. And that meant, you know, to, to try and bring revival to places other than just the church, but to America. And so the same thing is true here. It gives you tools for that. And so, Alex, as, as you're calling for prayer, there are people like Barry McGuire who are calling for prayer. There are people like John Sorensen uh, with Evangelist uh, Evangelism Explosion,
2: and oh, yes, they're
1: yes. calling for prayer. They're not fighting against each other. They're cooperating with each other to try and bring America and the world back to uh, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Well, And you know what? Let me just say this. Uh, We are the American Family Radio Network, and there's uh, Samaritan's Purse, and there's Billy Graham, and there's Compassion International, Mm -hmm. and there's Truth for Youth Bibles, and there's uh, so many great ministries. And the beautiful thing about it is uh, you know, we're, we're all rowing the boat in the same direction. We're all trying to point people to the Lord Jesus. We're we're calling people to pray. And as hard as things are, Jim, it might be actually an opportunity for the body of Christ to unify.
1: Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word. The voice there was Dr. Alex McFarland. I'm Jim Stanley in for Bertha Burt Harper. And we'll be back with you and the 68th Psalm right after this.
3: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today, we pray for Geraldine Richmond, Undersecretary of Energy for Science and Innovation at the Department of Energy. She monitors research and development and advises the secretary on our country's national laboratories. Proverbs 19.20 reminds us of the importance of wise counsel. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Geraldine Richmond in her role as science and technology advisor. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Pause to Pray is the service
4: of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 Prayer Guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now. At
0: Every day, new ideas come flying at us from the movies, friends, and of course, the Internet. Dr. Tony Evans says there's only one sure way to sort it out and make sense of it all. He'll tell us about it today as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: All of us who have teenagers know what it is to have that teen come home and they want you to accept what their friend told them as to how you are to operate. God is insulted when you go to ungodly systems or people, get instruction on how to live your life, run your family, handle your finances. uh, You go to somebody else and then come to him to ask him to accept what you brought from a foreign house. He says, I want you to come to me first. Don't bring that hot mess of the secular world to inform me about how to run my house. I know how to run my house. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He doesn't know how to be second. Seek ye first. The first question every serious Christian should ask is what does God say about this? What does God think about this? How does God feel about this? That's why the apostle Paul says, my longing is to please him. And until that is first, that means you're not yet serious about being a kingdom disciple, about being underneath the rule of God.
0: Learn more about the process that turns ordinary people into sold out saints. Check out Dr. Evans' popular book, Kingdom Disciples, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next
2: time for Two Minutes with Tony. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15.
0: American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. If you
5: got pain, he's a taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker.
4: If you need freedom.
2: You know, Psalm 68, verse 11 says The Lord gave the word, great was the company of those that published it. Hey, we want to be in that company, the company of those or the gathering of those proclaiming the Word of God. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here along with Jim Stanley. You are listening to the American Family Radio Network, and this is Exploring the Word. We're in Psalm 68. And hey, in a few minutes, we're going to get to phone calls, and we would love to hear from you. We will take your Bible questions, and the number, when we open up the phones in a few minutes, it's 888 888- 589,8840, 8840 888 5, 8, 9, 40. Uh, But Jim, back in um, Psalm 68, I, I love verse 4. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yahweh, and rejoice before him. Almighty God, uh, what, a, what a title there. Him who rideth upon the clouds. Uh, I believe it speaks to his power, his omnipresence. He's everywhere. He's in the earth. He's in the heavens. He's intervening in this world, and we certainly do sing praises unto His name.
1: Absolutely, and that's one of the things when you hear the, the musical bumpers as we come back from break. Uh, that's one of the joys of those, is there are so many of them that are praising and proclaiming both the word and the writer of the word, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know to be able to do that. And then every now and then we'll just at random, you know, especially seems like when I'm on the show and cause trouble, we'll just play a song out of the blue. So yeah, uh, because you know, it, it goes along with, with what we're talking. And, you know, when, when I looked and you had mentioned earlier today, the 68th Psalm, I thought about the uh, chorus uh, that goes along with that. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, you yeah. know? Um, and that's one that goes back a good bit, but at any rate, We are in this and we do want to take time to give God his praise because regardless of the kind of day we're having as individuals, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, God is still worthy of praise.
2: Amen. Always, always. And, you know, um, we've said this many times. Bert Harper and I talk about this on the show that really um, praising God is blesses us because listen he is the foundation of life he's our sustainer the most alive you'll ever be uh is the closer you are to god and so praising god it it i think it's good for us in a number of ways not the least of which is that it takes our mind off of our problems and if we just think about our problems or the state of the world i mean you know it's no wonder people get depressed Uh, turn your mind to Christ and you will have joy. Verse five says, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. You know, that tells me, Jim, that the Lord sees he, he is the father of the orphan. Mm -hmm. He is the one who helps look after the widows. And regardless of what people are going through, uh, God is in his holy habitation. In other words, his his role as the sovereign of the universe is never diminished. And God sees and God knows. And so uh, throughout this Psalm 68, and, you know, there are 35 verses, we probably won't be able to unpack every single verse in depth in this space of time. But let me read a, another verse. Um, talks about he's, he goes forth before the people Okay, verse 8, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself, Mount Sinai, was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You know, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, there was earthquake and the earth trembled as God gave his law. Let me just say this. um, I'm going to tie verse 8 to verse 11. The Lord gave the word. Okay. When God gave his law to Moses on Mount Sinai, the earth shook. It did. I want to tell you, as God fulfills his word throughout history and at the end of time, the earth will shake. Um, people right now are concerned about the possibility of nuclear bombs, and of course that's a very legitimate concern. My goodness. But I want to tell you, the wor- history has never seen the day this world is going to tremble when eventually... And it will happen. Almighty God says, enough. And Christ returns. Mm. Jim, there's going to be a trumpet blast one day that's going to make the Mount of Olives cleave in two. And uh, one day, all the mouths of humanity will be stopped. Philippians 2 says, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And uh, someday, the noise of this world will come to an end. Uh, Hey, Bill Gaither was right. The marketplace is empty. In Mm. the courtroom, no debate. Come on. For the king is coming. You remember that song?
1: Absolutely. The king is coming, and there really is. When he decides it's time to come back, nothing will prevent that.
2: Well, and it may be soon. And uh, we don't set a date. The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. Um, I, I would never set a date. But, Jim, I look around the world. Somebody asked me this morning, and I want to say this, um, what about uh, what we read in Revelation about, like, the mark of the beast and no one could buy or sell? Well, there have been a number of people for years that have wanted to go to a cashless society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of the um, the Bitcoin and the, you know, uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, well, what if instead of money uh, we had like points or something and in your mobile device or whatever, you know, instead of, uh, you know, dollars and cents, you got paid in a certain number of credits or bytes or pixels. Um, my, my point being, uh, the Bible says there's going to come a day when no man can buy or sell unless he consents to take in the mark of the beast. And there'll be this global system aligned against God. A global economy, a global false religion, a global government—you know, Jim—the infrastructure of the world, the way the world is wired up right now, uh, and uh, there's routers and internet and satellites. Jim, as I read Bible prophecy, all of this stuff could be implemented in in days, if not weeks. I oh, mean, I mean, really,
1: absolutely. Uh, there's an article right now at Bloomberg Wealth that came out last week, and it's talking about the very thing of the digital dollar. And so last Wednesday, the White House directed federal agencies from the Treasury Commerce Department to research a number of crypto related topics, including the pros and cons of a digital dollar. So, you know, it it's one of those things, Alex, that in the past, it may have, been too hard to do but when you look at how connected we are through uh, even your mobile device as you mentioned uh, the the way that the wireless signal is in the United States there aren't many places that aren't covered covered by a signal mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I shared a little last week perhaps on on a program I was on that two weeks ago I went into shop at one of my local grocery stores here in Tupelo and I enjoyed shopping there, but their internet cable was down because it, the uh, internet provider for that western part of Tupelo something had happened either a cable had gotten cut or whatever. But there were a number of homes and businesses without the internet. Well, without the internet, those folks couldn't accept you know your your cash card, um, your bank card. You couldn't buy gas out at their pumps. They were willing to take checks and, you know, always accept cash, of course. But it was just funny how many people were turning away once they found out they couldn't use their Oh, Devin raised his hand. He was one of them, (laughs) evidently. (laughs) uh, But, I mean, you think about that, how dependent we are upon the Internet, upon the wireless connections, and then how easy it would be to do that. I mean, think about your, you know, this year – Um, our insurance provider for AFA, uh, we actually use digital cards this year. They didn't send us a new card. And so trying to get that to doctors that don't accept digital cards yet. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you're absolutely right. Uh, And then as you look on there in the 68th Psalm, uh, you were talking about, you know, some of the things that, that are going on there. And then uh it, it never ceases to bless god verse 19 blessed be the lord who daily loads us with benefits the god of our salvation that almost is a reminder of what he did for the children of israel in the desert
2: he mm-hmm. loaded
1: them up daily with benefits life sustenance even
2: amen i mean i love the way that is worded uh who, the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, not just a little bit, but we're loaded with Amen. benefits, if you think about it, to be saved and to have all the blessings of, of his presence. But, Jim, you make a really good point. You know, I, I do a lot of traveling, a lot of preaching all over the country. And by the way, my schedule is at alexmcfarland.com. I'll have got i be in Texas later this month in several uh, places to speak, and we'll tell you more about that. Hey, Jim, hold on,
1: hold on one second. I am so proud of you
2: Okay, that you did that. You know, I'm evidently beginning
1: to rub off on you. Uh,
2: I try not to promote myself.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I got an email the middle of last week, maybe towards the end, that you're going to do your own uh, uh, weekend at the Billy Graham Evangelical Training Center.
2: You know, Will Graham, who we love, son of Franklin Graham, just... Uh, an amazing man of God, Uh, he invited me to be there in July of this this summer, July 8 through 10. And by the way, thanks for letting me mention that. The Cove in western North Carolina, if you've never been, folks, it's just beautiful. It really is. And one of the things that I love about it, before it was ever built, they said Billy Graham and Ruth Graham, his wife, prayer-walked all over those hillsides and they prayed it would be just full of the presence of God. And I'll be there. Uh, Will Graham asked me to come. And this summer, I'm teaching the book of 1 Peter. And then next summer, Lord willing, if we're still here, uh, I'll teach 2 Peter. But we're going to be... And and uh, when you get invited to teach at the Cove, they ask you to teach through a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was there last summer, actually, and did Daniel and Revelation, well, this summer, and it's July 8, 9, and 10, I'll be teaching the book of First Peter, verse by verse. Now, the beautiful thing about it, we had 305 or 10 people last year, and it, it pretty much fills up. But um, there's just incredible fellowship, people from all over the USA, AFR listeners, and uh, just all it, people from Canada. And Jim, we had a, a family came from Hawaii, and uh, just people from all over. Great fellowship, great prayer, and always the spirit of the Lord is there in a mighty way. So um the website is the dot org, T H E C O V E, thecove.org. dot T-H-E-C-O-V-E, org. And um, you know, if you come to my seminar, that'd be great, but Erwin Lutzer is there and Anne Graham Lotz and just, uh, they're just oh, uh, you know, oh,
1: they're just getting started. You know, they're newcomers.
2: Awesome. Newcomers. Well, I, and uh, it's great. It, it really is. But um, I'll be there July 8th through ten. But I was going to tell you this, that um, I'm going to be, uh, I, I'm traveling a lot, and I'm in a lot of airports. And now listen to this, Jim. More and more, like if you're in an airport and you want to get a, a bag of chips and a soda, you go in these little stands, they'll say they don't take cash. Mm-hmm. I'm talking American airports. Now there's still some that take cash, but we're headed toward a, a a society, really a world of electronic commerce. If you see the EFT electronic funds transfer. Now, my point in this is all of the prophetic scenarios of the book of Revelation, Daniel, Ezekiel, Joel, revelation, i I mean, we're there. We're there. It could come to pass. And the grid, the world, Internet, and international wiring and economies, I mean, the grid could be in the hands of people that could control the life of every citizen Mm -hmm. really quickly. Now, the only reason I'm saying that is have your house in order. Mm -hmm. Make sure you've given your heart to Jesus. You're born again. Make sure you're part of a body of believers. Jim, I'll say this. I've often thought about, as we get toward the end times, boy, what an incentive to be a part of a local body of believers. Because, you know, the church, um, I think part of what the church is to do is to help look after each other. Don't you?
1: Yes, sir. I agree. Uh, You know, and, and if you look at different people in your church... You might be surprised by the unique things they may have to offer, uh, especially to help families that may not be able to go to the store mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah, we know in our circle of friends we know people that uh, raise chickens and they raise the chickens specifically for the eggs, and then we know Amen. people that raise chickens specifically for the chicken pots <laughs> hey, well, <laughs> you yeah. know uh and, and and when you look at the currency when you look at digital currency. And the actual currency going by the wayside, you know, people say, well, buy gold. Well, folks, it's going to be hard to shave the gold off, you know. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have other plans. Now, I'm not knocking gold. Don't misunderstand Mm -hmm. me. I can't think of a time that gold has lost its value.
2: Yeah, throughout history.
1: Throughout history. And so, you know, if gold's your thing, I I, I hope you do great with it. But at the same time, there will be different forms of currency and sometimes it's simply the ability to be able to repair something for someone
2: that's true and let me tell you this country boy here still knows how to grow vegetables uh now i'm i'm believing that the trumpet is going to sound and we're going to be caught away one of these days but psalm 68 talks about god rebukes the spearmen the 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 uh, princes and their soldiers But again, verse 33, to him who rides above the heavens, we listen to his voice, the mighty voice.
0: What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values.
4: This is the time where we all better be on our knees in front of our windows, where we better have the boldness to stand on the truth of God's word, where our allegiance better be to him. Listen, he alone has an enduring kingdom. He alone, he alone makes promises and keeps them. God alone, nobody else.
5: Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. For you formed my inward part; You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to a recent study published by the Christian Post, 76.3% of all abortions are obtained by, quote, God-fearing women, unquote with 68.7% who identified themselves as Christian women and 18% of all abortions obtained by self-described born-again or evangelical women. A corresponding CareNet study found that many women with unplanned pregnancies go silently from the church pew to the abortion clinic convinced the church would gossip rather than help. America's greatest need is repentance. When the hearts of the American people turn
0: to God, everything else will be impacted. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. Acts 20, verse 35 records these words of Jesus, It is more blessed to give than to receive. A spring of water continually gives, while a pool continually receives. That's why the spring is always fresh, but eventually the pool becomes stagnant. Life becomes stagnant when we only receive. God created us to give, and He blesses us when we give. So do you trust Jesus at His word? Are you as eager to do things for others as you are to receive good things from them? Some of God's gracious blessings require no real effort from us. We simply open our hands and receive. But the blessing of giving requires taking initiative. You can only experience the blessing of giving through the act of giving. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
4: In these
1: troubling times, in these times of of woe and fear, that is our prayer: that God has grace for you and grace for us. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Jim Stanley, and for Brother Bert Harper, alongside Doctor Alex McFarland, and we're going to take your phone calls now. At triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty, triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. And we'll take your calls now. Uh, Alex, uh, so we didn't get nearly through with Psalm 68, and I apologize for that because I I have a tendency to talk sometimes, and uh, getting in conversations with you are always so good and hearing your thoughts on the different subjects. So do you want to let us come back tomorrow to Psalm 68?
2: Uh, let's do that because there's a lot there, and we can uh, drill down a little more deeply.
1: Amen. All right, so the phone calls are loading. And as we think about those, waiting for some of those to get, get in and, and get done, uh, That's we didn't get the phone number out before the break. So we are going to, uh, Devin's trying to tell me something. Oh, give well, it again: 888-589-8840. Yeah. 888 is the number to call. Alex, for you, and I'm not trying to dig in your business here, uh, during the break, Devin and I were talking about the different things that could even harm the digital footprint that we might have. If we look at an EMP blast, you know, an electric magnetic pulse, if you will, if we looked at that and saw that, um, I, I told him that I was – looking over a survivalist, uh, website and they had a, a bag that would serve as a, as a cage to protect your devices. But I'm thinking, and, and Devin agreed, they're not those, those things protecting the towers. So it, it's one of those things, you know, for my family, uh, it would take us back to life before phones. I get before digital phones
4: Probably. and,
1: uh, and before pagers And so for me, I I would probably count that as a small blessing. But for Uh others, that wouldn't be the case.
2: Did you uh, see over the weekend that um, one of the um, liberal leaders, I'm not going to name names, but said that uh, nuclear war would be such a tragedy because it would be terrible for the climate? (laughs) Did you see that? I did not uh,
1: see that, but I have no problem imagining that statement.
2: Interestingly, well, not surprisingly, the the Twitterverse quickly responded, and people said, "Look, forget the climate, you know, nuclear war." But but here's the thing: um, to to liberals, and I, I don't mean to get us off track. And by the way, we're going to go to calls, folks. The number is triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. There's two ways to look at humanity. Either we're made in the image of God; humans are a special creation by the Lord. Every human being has worth and value and dignity. Genesis 127, male and female, made in God's image. Or the secular view, which says we're an evolutionary accident, life has no purpose, gender is an illusion. And really, for the secularists that almost worship nature, humans are, are a problem. Mm-hmm. And isn't it interesting, Jim, because look, one of the reasons that we're pro-life we know that human human beings are made in the image of god every human being has value jesus gave his life for the human race okay the secular world i mean isn't something the fact that billions of humans might die in a nuclear war oh that doesn't matter cuz we we care about the climate and it's all you you see at a, at crunch time when the world is at a very critical moment, perhaps one of the most critical moments in world history, we might be on the doorstep of that, and yet one group is thinking about what what's the future of human life, and one group is thinking about the the creation and the climate. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you see right quickly which direction people are coming from, don't you?
1: It is. It I almost said it's insane, but. You know, for lack of a better word, it kind of is insane. It is, yeah. Well, let's talk to Ada, now calling from Pennsylvania. Ada, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring
3: the Word. Hi. Uh, There's a lot of talk about uh, Gog and Magog lately, uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, Does that have to do anything with what we're going through right now with Ukraine and Russia and everything? Alex, I know you have
1: some excellent studies on Revelation, so why don't you share with us?
2: Well, God bless you, You know, and thank you for the call. Uh, it's interesting, even in the secular newspapers, they're talking about this. Okay, Ezekiel 38-2 talks about Gog, and then uh, Ezekiel 38-2-3 uh, and three says, uh, Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal... Now, a lot of people have thought that uh, Rosh was a reference to Russia and uh, some of the cities in Russia, but Gog and Magog is mentioned again in Revelation 20, verses 7 through 9. Now, what, um, as I said earlier, Christian thinkers going back even to the Reformers like uh, Luther and the Wesleys uh, have believed that uh, Gog and Magog are a reference to a conglomeration of um, allies that in the last days come against the nation of Israel, but uh, also really Russia, China, and Arab troops. uh, Ultimately, they come against Europe, they come against the West, they come against... Uh, of course, Israel. I mean the the ultimate object of the the fallen leaders, their their ultimate enemy is Israel and the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Now, people that are allies of Israel, which we should be, and I've often said this, Jim, the greatest thing any American president could ever do for the United States is to be a good friend to the nation of Israel, because Genesis 12-2, God told Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. All right, uh, you know, I would encourage people, um, a, a good, very balanced writer on this was Dr. John Walford. He's in heaven now, but... Um, if you want a good view of prophecy, Dr. John Walvert is good to somebody else. He's also in heaven as of about a year ago, but Dr. Harold Wilmington, W I L L M O N T O N G Wilmington. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely believe that, uh, Gog and Magog are territories referenced in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And, um, One of the reasons people believe this is a reference to Russia, Josephus, the great historian, uh, referenced the land of Gog and Magog, and it sounded a lot like what we now know as Russia. And while there's a little bit of ambiguity there, it does seem to be uh, what this is um, speaking of that will fight the West and Israel in the last days.
1: Mm. Amen. Hey, uh Ada thank you so much for your call. Uh we appreciate it and uh hope you have a great afternoon. Going to talk to James now. James is calling in from Georgia this afternoon. James, welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh well, good afternoon.
2: Good to have you.
3: I uh I enjoy I enjoy your program almost every afternoon.
1: Well, well we, thank you. We appreciate that.
3: Um I have a question that, in light of current events, and this past Sunday morning, uh, somebody brought this up in class, and I thought, well, that is very interesting. I need to ask somebody named Alex about that. And it has has to do with Matthew 24, 6. And uh, it says, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. How do you think that fits in? Have we already had enough rumors?
2: Wow, great, great question. Uh, Matthew 24, uh, well, the, the whole chapter talks a lot about, um, you know, some of the signs of, of the end of time. Now, throughout history there have been wars and rumors of wars, mm-hmm. and interestingly, if you go back, Uh, Because remember, the disciples had asked, you know, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus says, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. You know, Jim, since the 1960s, really for the past 40 to 50 years, we've had so many false messiahs. And I remember about a decade ago, there was a man in South America claiming to be Jesus. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and he misled some people. and So one of the signs of the end of time would be false teachers. Uh, one of the signs of the end of time would be uh, wars and conflicts around the world. And Jesus says, do not be alarmed. And, and I want to say that, do not be alarmed. Now look at verse 7. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Famines, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pangs. Jim, I want to say this. We're going to go back to the calls. I'm reading a sociology book right now, looking right at it. It's called The Suicide of the West. It's not by a Christian. In fact, the writer, who is a serious academic in the introduction, he says, um, some of you are going to say that I'm a under-the-radar, Trojan horse, right-wing evangelical. He says, I'm not. I'm a sociologist. I'm an academic. Uh, some of what I am here to report coincides with what evangelical preachers are saying, but I'm, I'm merely reporting trends. And here's what he says in the conclusion. Uh, it's a book about the wars, the moral loss, the breakdown of the family, the illegitimacy rate, violence. He, he said, as a, as a sociologist, historian, it seems like we're at the end of history. He goes, uh, I don't know where history could possibly go from here. Now, we know as Christians there could be a great revival, um, or we might be descending into the final slippery slope where the human race will almost do itself in, and Christ will return. Matthew 24, Jesus talks about persecutions. Um, I think this—all right, read verse 14, then I'm going to throw back to you. Jesus said, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, verse 15, desolation in the holy place, I think is talking about some things going on during the tribulation. But, Jim, let me just say this. Um, We know, listening to this radio network right now, there's, of course, North America. But on AFR.net, we know... There are listeners around the world. I, know, I look. I get emails from Germany. I get emails from listeners in England. We actually got a, a correspondence. I, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm gonna say it, Jim. This is about five six years ago. Burton and I got a correspondence. Somebody who listens in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. listens to Exploring the Word. So, um, and I thank God for you know the American Bible Society, International Bible Society. Um, You know, we've worked with um, uh, India Partners. Jim, this gospel of the kingdom is being and has been preached to the whole world. Does that mean the end is about to come? Mm. I I don't know, but I know we can be ready.
1: Amen. And, And that's simply what the scripture tells us to do, is to be found working and be found ready and so uh J- james i hope that helps answer the question some for you uh it's a great question we appreciate you sharing it with us let's talk to trenton now calling from texas trenton good afternoon and welcome to exploring the word
5: hey guys i'm glad to talk to you guys um, i appreciate y'all my my question is and, and everything's been following up to that with some of these other questions but you know we we talk about uh being ready when the Lord comes back and and not to be caught spiritually naked, so to so to speak. And, um, you know, I, my question was in regards to Luke 6.46. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of Christians that claim to be Christians and, and believers and friends and families that we all have that go to church every Sunday, but they, they don't have that relationship. And um, Luke 6.46 talks about, you know, um, you call me Lord, but yet you do not— you know, you don't do the things that I I say to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus tells us several times, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And, um, you know, so obviously we're not saved by works, right? We are, um, we're saved by grace through faith. And we know that Paul talks about faith without works is dead. Um, But yet, you know, I, I just maybe wanted some clarification and Maybe even some, um, you know, just an assurance or, a, um, you know, a ju- I'm trying to think of the right word, but uh, just kind of to, to make sure I'm understanding it right. You know, my ba- mm-hmm. I just understand it as, you know, really that um, there's so many people that are going to miss it, and uh, we talked about it at church a lot where, you know, people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches and
4: head yeah. knowledge
5: and heart knowledge, you know, and um so that's kind of my question and maybe it would help some other people to, to know that um you know even demons, demons believe in god so uh, believing in god alone is not enough you know so
2: no. Well god god bless you uh jim um faith is the the means of salvation mm-hmm. works are the consequence of salvation uh is that fair to say we're Absolutely. not saved by works but if you're really saved, some works will follow.
1: Amen and you know that's that's a great great way to say that because we are supposed to be known by what we do for the body of Christ, by what we do for those who may not yet be in the body. And so it's one of those things that is important you know that we strike that balance. Uh, because we have to have faith in order to do some of the works especially in the troubling times we live in well Alex I appreciate you letting me hang out this afternoon
2: oh always
1: and we'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at three central here on American Family Radio I'm Jim Stanley that's Dr. Alex McFarland and it's been our pleasure to be with you today stay tuned Washington Watch comes your way right after American Family News next on AFR